Hello, Denim Heads, and welcome to your 28th Hangout with the Sons of Selvage, a podcast where a group of friends get together to talk about denim and related interests. This episode will cover the following uh, current interest, um, and we'll do a discussion topic about shoes we like. Very open-ended one. It's going to be a fun discussion. Uh, as always, uh, please subscribe to us wherever you enjoy your content, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Google, or Stitcher. Uh, check us out on Instagram at Sons of Selvage Podcast. Uh, and give us a shout if, any, if you have any questions or if you'd like to join our Discord server. So on that note, maybe let's jump into current interest. And I guess, uh, Andy, do you want to kick it off? Fuck. Uh, yeah, I've got a couple, actually. Um, I have been getting back into my like late noughties, early 2010s era metalcore. Because... Um, a band from that era that I got into while I was at uni, which was kind of like early 2000s, um, the Acacia Strain have come back with a double album. Um, and I'll tell you what they're called now. I think it's called Step Into The Light is one of them. And then the other one I think is called Failure Will Follow. But let me double check because I'm probably completely wrong. Um, while you do that, could you explain what metal core is versus metal? Because yeah, I, I don't so, know the difference. So metal core is basically comes from the hardcore scene. And it infuses more and more elements from more traditional, like metal bands or death metal. Um, so it's got a more aggressive and often quite a chuggy sound to it. Um, and then it has the vocals are often more like hardcore related. Um, so shoutier. And when you hear it, there is like a kind of, you, you would notice there is, there is this kind of like slight difference there. It's, it all kind of crosses over and some bands sound more like hardcore bands with some metallic elements some sound like metal bands with some kind of hardcore elements it's a bit of a mix over um like some of the more famous bands in the scene are like uh converge is one of the biggest and integrity and stuff like that uh the acacia strain have been going for like 20 odd years um and yeah so they released these two albums and step into light is that is really kind of fast um aggressive album with like grindcore elements and stuff like that um and then failure will follow is a 30 minute doom record we've just got three 10 minute tracks and they kind of really slow everything down and go really sludgy and because of that i started going back into their old um their, their kind of discography from out of my out of my laptop that i haven't listened to in ages and um and kind of going through other bands like poison the well and stuff like that so it's been really nice to kind of revisit those those songs and those records that i kind of grew up with in like my teens and my kind of into like my early 20s um and then my other hob uh hobby is um i've been doing joe daniel's kettlebell only muscle gain one arm version and it's very sweaty is I, he I, the guy I, who does like the tennessee kettlebell something, yeah something, yeah yeah, or yeah kentucky kettlebell yeah, or something can, can, yeah kentucky burpees and stuff like that he's yeah. a bit like a fridge this guy's like a former bodybuilder and then he uh just decided maybe like i think maybe six seven years ago just to go into kettlebells and yeah he's he's huge and yeah he's really his programs are really good to follow they're they keep you they're always different every day is a different pro something different but it always ties in so there's always like a theme running through um yeah it, it he had a 40 percent off sale um kind of 
earlier in the year because he'd been doing the stuff like he'd been running his business for 10 years and did this little uh, sale and I jumped on it and yeah I've been loving it really short kind of quite short sessions 40 45 minutes maybe tops um and yeah I've I've really enjoyed it and I'm starting to feel the difference if not see it so yeah good Kentucky burpees there's, yeah. there's no, no no chicken involved <laughs> it's all fine <laughs> uh, a what is it it's a press up then you go to doing a double clean and then a jerk not jerking off oh well <laughs> I thought devil's uh I thought devil's press was already tough enough as it is yeah so yeah it's uh I haven't got I'm not the, they're not in this one because I'm doing um the single arm version so it's only one kettlebell at a time um but yeah it's good and if anyone is interested in that kind of stuff, I highly recommend you go check the guy out. He's on uh, Instagram as Swing This Cowbell. Really good bloke. There's one dude I follow. I don't remember his name, but he's one of the kind of kettlebell on Instagram mm. folks, whatever. And he'll do a workout where it's literally nothing but uh, shoulder to overhead kettlebell presses. And like that's his entire workout. Is that Jeff Newport? I'm not sure. Because um, there's a dude called Jeff Newport who is all about minimalist stuff and like all his programs are basically or, or lots of his programs are variations of doing cleans and presses and front squats and just doing that for like six weeks they're pretty good actually i, I didn't get the impression this person was american they came across as kind of european like okay. in their profile but I, I don't remember their name um but yeah it was like literally like his videos would be like I've done just like shoulder to overhead press for like oh I know the dude you mean you know? I know the dude kettlebell aerobics yeah yeah actually yeah, that's he's, the guy he's, yeah. I think he's Austrian he's either Austrian or German yeah he he just does kettlebell sport and he just focuses on doing jerk and yeah he's gone from doing like starting on sixteen kettlebells to a year down the line he's doing like ten minutes with twenty eight kilo kettlebells and not just constant it's mad yeah. I watch his videos on Instagram. And I'm like, I'm not sure how much I buy into this, but at the same time, the dude looks pretty ripped. So I guess it's working. Yeah, he, yeah, he was ripped beforehand. Mm. Um, but yeah, he, yeah, he's he's good at what he does. He is a bit. I kind of find him a bit weird. But yeah, I guess it could be a selling point where if you, if you're like slightly odd and people are like, huh, they kind of like pay attention to your content. Arguably, you're getting you're getting a conversion there because people are yeah. paying attention to your content. He, he, so. he did he did stay at one point. He basically has lost. He had no social life for the past year because he's just so focused on putting two metal balls up in the air, which is just pretty. I mean, there's a lot of dedication there, but he's maybe a bit too it's much. It's all about balance, isn't it? Yeah, you've got to make time for you know all the other bits. Exactly. Not, yeah, not like, just your metal balls. How are you going to show off your gains if you're uh, just at home all the time? <laughs> By posting videos on Instagram doing it. That's it. That's it. Well, like you, Andy, I've been uh, actually digging um, into uh, music from you know, yeah. that era that you mentioned as well, um, as well as still checking new stuff <laughs> out. Um, but yeah, it's been quite a, a nice journey to go back and uh, check some, some albums and um, artists that I haven't had a chance to listen to. <laughs> For a little while, um, so yeah, it's nice, nice to go down that path. On that note, are our network attached storage is like still a thing these days? Do like people still have NASs on their local Wi-Fi with like their hard drives and stuff? I do. 
Yeah, I, I kind of bought mine a couple of years ago and it's been going strong. So I keep like my photography on there, I keep my music and I use it to kind of offload stuff that I have on my um, on my laptop. Um, and yeah, just kind of use it as a as a backup device as well as a, you know, a shared network storage. Yeah, because I was just like taking all my, my bits out of storage I've had in there for some years now, and I, I got my NAS out, which doesn't work anymore, but the, the drives are still fine. It's yeah. just like the, the the body doesn't boot up so you right. Just need, you just need a caddy yeah. to, get the, to get the data off. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then transfer it to, you know, whether you get a new NAS or whether you're going to just go fully cloud and, uh, you know, get your AWS uh, server set up somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, because I've got like all of my CDs and like all of my uh, other music acquisitions from like my entire life on that device. And I'm like, oh man, I need to get that sucker up running again. So there's just so many like old classics on there that I want to go back into. Well, it's it's quite handy. I mean, yes, cloud is great. And, you know, things like Spotify and bits and pieces like that is good. But I just find sometimes you just want to dig into, you know, records that you would have had before and it's nice to create your own playlists off of that and there's also stuff um like i'm sure this goes for different genres but there's stuff that's just not available on spotify um like a lot of hip-hop mixtapes for example um like you know yesterday i was like oh i want to listen to dj shadow's uh diminishing returns mixtape and you know that's not on spotify it's i'm, I'm sure it's somewhere online but I had it, I had bought the CD at the time. So, you know, it's kind of stored away on my, on my drive. So it's, it's a nice thing to be able to go and, uh, you know, dig out that way. Um, so I still, I still like to have some kind of, uh, if not physical copy of it, but a still a local copy, if you will, um, in my household. Well, it's interesting. I, I obviously like, posts a lot of music on from Spotify to Instagram. Yep. And I've noticed uh, recently that like hip hop wise, so I'd, po I'd posted something about Shabazz Palaces and uh, um, Ishmael Butterfly, uh, um, his real name's escaped me at the moment, um, followed me from Shabazz Palaces. And I was like, man, that's pretty oh, nice. cool. Yeah. Um, and then also I posted something this past week about uh, Gangstar. And I guess DJ Premier, whoever is running the Gangstar account, maybe it's Guru's son, um, like followed me as well. And I'm like, man, it's really cool because like when I post rock stuff, I, I never get, I mean, I'll, I'll get like a repost or something, but like, yeah. it's pretty cool to know that like whoever's, you know, kind of looking after Guru and uh, Premier's heritage is, is sort of following me, which is cool. Yeah, some like somebody was asking me like, how do I share my musical tastes on Instagram? What What is the best way to go about it? Um, and I was like, I was a little bit unsure because... I wouldn't necessarily say uh, Instagram is like uh, the best way to share um, what music you're into. Obviously, you can highlight and stuff like that, but maybe maybe there is a way to kind of um, you know state the albums that you're into. Maybe you know now I guess with posts having the music feature where you can add a song to it, maybe that that's a good way of uh, of doing something like that. If it's you know if your thing is music uh, primarily for Instagram, I did go actually talk about that. Um, I did find uh, a proper trip down memory lane on Instagram, which was all old um, hardcore gig flyers from around the UK, and they're all like 
mm. or the pubs that I used to go to. Yeah. And I've seen some that are from gigs that I went to when I was a teenager. And they're like the ones that are like the little Xeroxed photocopy flyers that people make at home. And they're re- it properly kind of brought back memories because I don't really have chance to do that anymore. And, I, and everyone's got a lot bit, a lot better with their editing. And of course, it's of course. kind of lost that, that it's that old yeah. school, that kind of home DIY charm about it. Mm. Well, a buddy of mine from Austin has saved every concert ticket or flyer, whatever he's ever gone to in his entire life. It's so cool. Man, that's cool. Yeah, it's super fun. Cause like I remember this, there's so many shows that like I didn't know him back then, but like we would be at the same hip hop show or electronic show, and like he's got like all the old ticket stubs and everything, and it's super cool. I, I tried to keep mine as well, and then when I still had a CD collection, I would sometimes put the the ticket stub in the uh, the mm. back of the jewel case That's so cool. like when you take out the cd you can kind of see the um the t- ticket in there mm. um but yeah they kind of uh can't really do that anymore can you uh, unless unless you're still buying cds and uh bits and pieces like that they'll come back eventually cassette tapes I'm... have come back recently so. <laughs> oh god cassette tapes Cool. I guess I can maybe jump in next. I've got kind of a, a combo uh, current interest. So um, going to Austin this weekend for like three weeks uh, to see my little baby niece who's just arrived uh, a couple months ago and um, going to go to the Oblivion Access Festival, which used to be called, I think, I think it's originally called Austin Terror Fest before the pandemic. And then they kind of ended it and they sort of spun it up again last year under the new name oblivion access um this be pretty cool it's like a mixture of like everything kind of slightly obscure so whether that's electronic you know metal drone uh, a little bit of hip-hop um it's basically like if anyone listens to six music in the uk or i guess you could technically listen on bbc sounds abroad it's a sort it's sort of like stuart mcconey's freak zone uh turned into a festival so just a bunch of like really interesting kind of um noisy or experimentally genres uh and so that's gonna be kind of fun so it'll be kind of cool to go back to texas for uh three weeks so i had not originally intended to go in june but like just life kind of played out that way and i realized it's going to be i think 37 celsius 100 degrees fahrenheit (laughs) next weekend so that's like when the festival's going on so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out um you're going, you're, going to be wearing, you're going to be wearing your heavy uh, heavy jeans, yeah? Well, <laughs> heavy jeans, leather jacket zipped all the way up as well. Well, that's actually why I kind of mentioned sort of a combo uh, uh, combo current interest, but, um, which I'll get to momentarily. But no, I'm packing like t-shirts and shorts and sandals and stuff. And, and earplugs, obviously. But uh, I'm definitely going like Gorp Core slash uh, uh, cool, staying cool at a festival whatever, but it's, it's at venues. It's like at a couple of venues in one area of Austin called the Red River District. So it's like, it's not necessarily out in the heat. Um, but anyways, the other part of my uh, current interest is um, I picked up this leather jacket off of Andy. It's a, a Nine Lives uh, Maso Menos jacket. Uh, thanks again, Andy, for uh, letting no me get it, get it from you. Um, and I'm wearing it as much as possible uh, the past couple of weeks, because I know as soon as I get to Texas, there's no way in hell I'm wearing a leather jacket in the middle of the summer. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like getting in the wares. But um, this is my first time to ever own a leather jacket of any shape or fashion at, at age 41. So I feel like I'm kind of like just becoming cool as an old man. 
Um, and I'm learning a lot along the way. Like, it's crazy how quickly you get hot in these things. Even just like walk in a couple of blocks uh, to like the post office to drop off some parcels. And then I go to work in the morning. So I'm selling a lot of stuff. It's like, man, by the time I get to work, I got to take this thing off. So I'm, I'm like burning up. Um, and then also it's it's impressive how how good they are at blocking the wind. Mm. I had kind of always thought that like you wouldn't really necessarily feel that insulated in a leather jacket, that it would just kind of more for protection. But it's like, you know, it's like mega cold and windy, which can happen sometimes here, uh, even in summer. It's like really impressive uh, how much of a, um, a difference it makes. So, yeah, I'm kind of uh, I'm digging this whole like uh, journeys in leather um, journey. <laughs> like a better word it, it uh, is, is a funny one with uh with leather and and the um, and the weather um it's there's kind of like a sweet spot of how you know how warm or hot how cold because at a certain point when it becomes too cold and you know you put on the jacket it doesn't really do the job as much as it should do that you think it would um because it i guess it's just kind of you know becomes cold over time and it doesn't really insulate as much as like a wall or something like that so yeah there's like uh definitely a limited time where you can wear it uh, if you're just out and about like that um so yeah that, that's kind of what i found um but yeah you're right it is you know very windproof as well and you know it's like when i'm using it on a, on a bike it's that's that's great and that's a you know really big uh, advantage of it um, but you do get the, if you start getting the wind chill factor, then it stops being, you know, it could be windproof, but it gets cold and then it doesn't you know, keep you warm. So there's that kind of pros and cons with it. And then when it comes sunny, it's like, you don't really want to be wearing it on, you know, motorbike because it, yeah, you're just going to like start melting as well. So, yeah, but I'm sure you'll, uh, you know, enjoy the, uh, the process of, uh, further breaking it in than it you know already is i'm sure um andy's uh stretched the biceps out so you don't have to worry about that uh, but as uh <laughs> I, I won't say anything <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure there's other bits that need to be you know worked on i'd say maybe he wasn't doing too many bicep curls while wearing it <laughs> i will say i wore it about half a dozen times yeah, basically. Yeah. I guess if we're uh, tiny pistols. I guess if we're like kind of consolidating current interests all in one round, I also mentioned this book I just got uh, yesterday, which I'm pretty stoked about. It's a, a role-playing game called Ultraviolet uh, Ultraviolet Grasslands and the Black City Psychedelic Metal Role-Playing. Um, basically, some dude. I'm not sure what European country he's from. I think his name might be Portuguese, but I'm not sure. Um, basically grew up on like Mobius and uh, um, Druyer and all of the like amazing French 70s um, Bondesine artists and basically turned like all of like Mobius's worlds into like a role-playing game system where you are sort of like traveling across this kind of like science fantasy wasteland and you've got like really crazy roles and you've got weird machines and aliens and robots and like i don't know i mean the best way to describe it is like it's like arzac or like um 
the world of Edna, some of this like these kind of Mobius classics with like super cool each like um each setting along the way he's got these like super crazy cool schematics of like what exactly lives in that particular stop along the road and kind of like who you meet along the way and it's sort of a you're starting from place x and then the goal over the role-playing game session is eventually get to get to uh to the black city it's like it's just kind of a linear destination type um setting where it's like you're, you're traveling and you can build this caravan and just like super cool stuff and if anyone's a, fr- a fan of Bondesine, Mobius, Druyer, um, Anki Bilal, any of that kind of amazing French 70s stuff this is basically it in a role-playing game and um, I think they're actually coming out with a second edition soon because this is like I got this off of eBay as the first edition Kickstarter um, and yeah I hope to uh, get some get some actual play with it soon. Cool. How about you, Ilya? Uh, what have I been up to? Um, well, one thing uh, I can mention is I just got a new tattoo on Sunday, so it's mm. pretty fresh right now. Uh, I don't know if you can see that. Very nice. Yeah. It's, it's it's a dragon, mm-hmm. which I've been meaning to get for a while, um, and it's done by a lady called Alice, and she does uh, guest spots uh, in London, so she's not based here. Um, and she's kind of done the last, uh, this is the third tattoo that she's done for me. So I've kind of like, whenever she comes, I was like in town, I'm saying, just, just let me know. And I'll, um, uh, you know, I'll think of something to get. So, um, yeah, this is something that, um, she does dragons quite often for, um, for her clients and I really like her style and it was just like, okay, now's, now's a good time to do it. So, um, yeah, I've got. Couple of more lined up that I'd like her to do, but yeah, it was a it was a nice experience um, getting that done. Um, she was in uh, Leather Lane uh, Tattoo Studio, which I think is quite new actually, um, and it's in just across the road from Craft Beer Co, which we went to mm-hmm. on a recent hang. Um, so it was like very familiar um, territory after after that quite close to the vintage, uh, new vintage showroom um, mm-hmm. um, space as well. Um, so that is one of the things. And um, the other is something that's tied into today's chat. Um, and I managed to pick up a uh, clinch engineer boot in a horse, um, but brown. Nice. Um, so yeah, I haven't worn them too much yet, but they are um, pretty comfortable off the bat. Um, and yeah, as many people know, it's quite difficult to get these sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little bit of a lottery. So um, I kind of, it was a bit of an impulse buy because um, I went on the uh, Standard and Strange website and they had my size and I was like, okay, I'll, um, it's a, it's a sign. I'll 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 grab them. I'll grab them while they're while they're there. Um, so yeah, I thought it would be a, a nice investment and something to replace my uh, John Lofgren uh, Natty Engineers, uh, which I sold um, earlier in the year. Um, was it also because I picked up those Huntsmans? <laughs> yeah, that was that that was a revenge, definitely a revenge uh, rebound kind of like a rejection uh, buy. 
uh, as yeah, I mean, yeah, we were we were talking about it. I kind of, I think I sent you the link, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah I was like, please buy these, so I don't. I don't. <laughs> and yeah, I did kind of regret it afterwards. But um, yeah, um, how how are you getting on with yours, Andy? Um, I'll talk about it during the um, okay. The okay. Week. So obviously, Ricky yeah, yeah. has got clearly got some uh, some fads he wants to get off his chest. I hope. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I hope so. Are you going to be the? Yeah. You're going to be that one guy. who's like, I didn't do anything this last month. I just just sat home and 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 I'd had a wank. Pretty pretty much, pretty much, buddy. <laughs> pretty much. I'm a bit. I'm still a bit jet lagged because I just arrived from. Uh, you, you, you've just city. you've just been away for what a whole month. See, last like five six weeks on a five six trip. weeks. Yeah. Swamp City, man. Also known as Miami, Florida. Um, yeah, what's good? What's good over there? Tell us. What's good over there? Oh dear. Getting hate mail. Yeah, we might start getting hate mail. I'm not going what, down what, that what, what did you get I up know. to? What did you get up to in your free time? That's the thing. I barely had any. So. Okay. Okay. Uh, I did. I did visit. Um, Super Blue, which is a really cool interactive museum. Um, oh, I forget the name of the guys who work there, um, but there's a company. The Blue Men Group? Do... <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's this uh, company that's based out of Japan, actually, I think. I'm not mistaken. And they they produce, like, Blue Blue Japan? RC... Artsy, artsy videos. <laughs> they, 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 video, blue movies. <laughs> you, you just went to a museum about blueies. Oh, filth. What? It's uh, English slang for pornography, David. Oh. <laughs> I feel like I'm being ganged up on. Sorry, sorry, Ricky. Carry on. Uh, yeah, but, but yeah, not. I wasn't up to much, to be honest. I uh, didn't really have the time. Uh, I did, though, in the last uh, the last week, I managed to uh, fly up to Massachusetts to visit uh, some family, and that was nice, actually. Uh, bittersweet that I got the chance to go to Fenway Park to watch a, uh, a baseball game, mm-hmm. but... <laughs> It was cancelled due to a head oh. Oh, <laughs> it's just one of those things. Like I was in the stadium, sat on my seat, uh, and I hot dog in hand. Down. Yes. Drippy hot dog in the rain. <laughs> I, I was actually under the. I was up on the stand, so I was in the cover bit. But uh, yeah, it's just that that thing of being in Fenway Park, such a it's a mythical place for baseball, right? And um, it was it was amazing just to be there. It was really cool. The vibe is amazing. Uh, but as soon as I sit down, it's like, what? The game has been postponed to whatever day it was. Um, shit. <laughs> yeah. That is shit. Did, did you sit in the green monster? No, 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 no. I would have I would have been poured on uh, if I was there because it's not covered. Ah uh, uh, right, right. I was yeah I was I was up in the stands I was in uh, pretty good seats actually not not too bad like off of uh, first base hmm. but in, in yeah up up in the up in the covered bit uh, yeah other than that not much going on I arrived here and yesterday I got the chance 
to fulfill a teenage dream of mine. I got the chance to see the Melvins. Oh, sick. So I have a funny story about this. We'll go with that, actually. So growing up, the Melvins, like, way the shit right like there's there's no for me you know growing up with punk rock and, and the whole seattle thing uh the melvins were like at the top right um and <laughs> when i moved over to london roughly almost coming up on eight years now uh the first gig that i had available was to um to actually uh, see the melvins but I didn't get the chance to at the time because I was still dealing with a whole stuff uh, with a whole bunch of stuff with moving and you know finding a job and stuff like that. So I was like, nah, they'll come by, you know, soon enough. Uh, <laughs> took them eight years, roughly, I think. <laughs> so I managed to catch them now. They were they're doing a 40 year anniversary tour. Oh mate, it was just mm. yeah, they it was amazing, really cool, really cool. So did not did not miss out on that one. Was really happy for that. Weren't Melvins like OG punk? Is that right? Were they like old, like original punk? Well, I mean, the Melvins they're like from the early '80s, right? I would say like the '84, '85. I'm not mistaken, maybe. Um, and you know they're from the Pacific Northwest as well. And it was it was kind of like it was that they were in the alternative scene, you know, with the punk rock stuff going on. But they just, you know, they had the Black Sabbath thing going on as well. And so people were like, oh, we can like both. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, from obviously it's massive influence on Nirvana on, on their first record specifically. Um, yeah. The- uh, They've got like yeah, a big they're, noise they're, rock vibe, haven't they? Yeah, because I I think you know there there's always been that like undertone, maybe not an undertone, maybe it's quite literal, of like very uh, sludgy mm. things going on, you know, very, sometimes very journey. So they have that. Uh, actually, um, yeah, I remember uh, telling you, David, uh, you're going to be at the festival in Austin, right? And yep. Earth Earth is playing there. So that's another old timer from Seattle as well. Um, yeah, I think Earth, Earth is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I was just checking because like a part of the lineup is like extra shows that you like pay for separate at different venues. Okay. I think Earth might be one of the ones where like you have to like pay for a separate ticket from the festival to see them. I'll double check because like gotcha. only like let's say eighty to ninety percent of the shows are like actually official festival shows and other ones are like 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 tim hacker i would have to buy a ticket if i want to go see him separately mm-hmm. cool. i reckon i saw i remember you showing me the list at tom's birthday i highly recommend to go watch jerome's dream they're on because they're because they're like if they're within the list because they're um like late 90s screamo and they've come back after like a 20-year hiatus and just mm. put out an album that same sounds like they They've been away for like a minute instead of twenty Jerome's years. Dream. Yeah, yeah, really okay. good. I'm looking at the lineup while we speak. Yeah, okay, cool, cool. I'll definitely check that out. I think um there's a there's a YouTube channel I really, really like called Trash Theory. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and the dude who runs it, it's a British guy, he basically does like histories of either different bands or histories of different genres. And he did one um, that was like all about like the history of shoegaze. Okay. Uh, and I think maybe it is the Melvins. Um, was there was their logo kind of like zombie-esque artwork? Uh, kind of like, it looks a bit like, like an old horror film cover. Um, not really. I think most, so. Uh, most, most I'm Melvin checking covers. Have, I mean, uh, I, oh no, it's not the Melvins I'm thinking of. No. Yeah. Okay, I'll check them out. But but no, um, he, it was someone else he was talking about that's like came to mind when you mentioned them. That was making me think of uh, one of these bands. It's like part of the history of shoegaze. They also did another really great one, which is like how industrial music went from like really obscure. Uh, or like, or no, sorry, it's like how, how goth music went from like obscure, unpopular to like, you know, nine inch nails mm -hmm. all over the place. And um, yeah, yeah. Um, every every video they do is amazing. And I wish I could get the, my hands in their playlists, but uh, looking at the Melvins, I'm not, I'm not sure if they're ever mentioned, but anyways, I'm, di I'm digressing. Uh, cool. Uh, anybody else want to cover some more current interest or? trying to think i was just okay. proud of I myself that I, I was in the states for so long and i managed to not buy a single piece of gear lad good effort. <laughs> well done dude on. Yeah. <laughs> um, i stayed away from from everything did i mention my anson's jacket last month no no i don't think you, you mentioned on the last the... one did you it's uh ooh. I think you might have either WhatsApped us about it or something. Yeah, I think it might have been like it, a surprise yeah. birthday present. Yeah, so it was. Um, so my wife and I had our uh, fourth wedding anniversary uh, recently, the flower anniversary. So we discussed kind of what to get each other. We didn't want to go too mad, and so Amy had seen this jacket and thought it was really nice uh, and showed it to me. And I was like, yeah, it's really nice, but obviously we want to keep the, you know, we don't want to go mad on on. Um, on gifts for this one and we we went and said you know we'll get um some perfume and some aftershave you know which was floral kind of ties in with the theme um and so we did that and uh she subsequently forgot that she'd bought me um aftershave and then bought me the jacket anyway so it arrived and um it is basically my early birthday present and my birthday's in like five months so I get, I, get, I get an early present. And yeah, it's great. It's the um, Anson's cab coat that they released not long ago, um, based around the kind of the jackets that New York taxi drivers used to wear back in the day. So um, it's in a, it's kind of in a, I wouldn't say indigo, but it's a, a blue canvas. Um, it's got some kind of darting on the back to kind of give it a bit of shape um six pockets four four external two internal nice little zip if i've got it here churchill uh, blue yeah it's an interesting color very cool yeah i like so, the reinforced uh, elbows that's pretty cool yeah i mean damn yeah so yeah i mean very nice uh, anson's are a brand that we don't hugely talk about um they're one of the kind of smaller british brands i know Ilya's, you went did you get a a bake a, a newsboy cap off them or something a while back 
No, but I I met Phil. Mm. There was there was a pop up um, at Cold Drop Yard, mm. um, so I had um, met them there, and they I got a tote bag I think of of them mm-hmm. at the time. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't have any pieces from them. They're one of those brands. I think you know. The the I I think look thinking kind of like brewery terminology. You might describe them as like a a, a gypsy brand, as in they don't have like a uh, a set home. They don't have like the, they don't seem to have their own factory. They they design their products and then they find um, manufacturers either in the UK or within Europe to produce their items for them. Uh, kind of similar to maybe you know we see with. Papa Nui or the right stuff or Mr. Freedom with their kind of deals with brands over in Japan with uh, Japan, Japanese manufacturers. Um, so yeah, and they their aesthetic seems to be quite similar to what we see with a lot of British brands within the or more than newer brands within the heritage scene where they kind of have a they they go for that the the more trying to describe it. There's like a, a little bit of biker to it. There's a little bit of kind of frontiersman, and it's quite a heritage, mas- isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's heritage. It's, it's quite a masculine it, edge to it. Yeah. Um, it would it would feel quite at home as a German brand, I think. I feel. Yes. I think they're quite. Um, they're going for that kind of past glory. Mm-hmm. You know when when the clothes were made in the right way, kind of kind of feel, kind of like a Pike Brothers, but yeah. like a British version of that's, Pike Brothers, that's, that's I, a, I would say. Yeah. yeah, that's a great, a that's great a one. Great it, 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 it is it the feels... kind of brand that you would imagine, say some of the the guys within like the European denim scene wearing, you know, like um, Nils yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. You, that's It kind of hits their aesthetic. Yeah. It feels more city than work, like more like stuff you would imagine in like an old European city vibe. Yeah. Rather than like, you know, kind of like European well. blue collar, rather mm-hmm. than like, you know, working on a, a farm or working yeah. on a as a logger. It's like mm-hmm. more more urban, yeah, but but old school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. I'm seeing I'm seeing a, a couple of bits in there I quite like, like this sort of uh, hydrone blue style French uh, work coat. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, they got some cool stuff. I think the comparison would be to maybe Huckberry in the United States, something like that. Would that be fair? Yeah, uh, may, maybe actually I would say more like Taylor Stitch a bit because Huckberry doesn't, okay. I mean, they get people to like make stuff for them, but they don't, actually maybe they do now, but historically they didn't have like their uh, own I mean, house aesthetic brand. wise. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's definitely a Huckberry vibe, bit of a Taylor Stitch kind of vibe, that sort of yeah. European inspired, ultimately like more more urban and a little bit less rural slash work. It's like, it, it doesn't come from like miners and ranchers it comes from yeah. like city mm-hmm. like like british industrial yeah history like or something. factory laborers and stuff like that yeah yeah it's cool i like it um you just have andy you just have to hope that um your wife forgets that she got you something for your <laughs> birthday and you get a... <laughs> well well my my son hasn't got me anything so oh okay there, there is hope but there is hope there. he'll get me a uh small plastic dinosaur or something because <laughs> we let him pick the presents for his friends and uh usually he gets his, exactly what they want but yeah he will be like 
I want my friend wants a green car. And so we get them a green get this gay's mate a little green car and then she ends up loving it and you're like, all right, he seems to know him. It's funny that the dude that's modeling this uh, French tour coat looks like Andy might do in like 30 or 40 years. <laughs> it's, 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 I, I don't know how to take that. It's like, it's his future Andy. Whoa, my hair would never be that disheveled. <laughs> you, ne you never know what where life will be uh, 30 years down the road. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I, I digress. Um. So I know we don't have like any formal news per se uh, this episode, but I thought it could be interesting to talk about the hangout at Bolt's new shop yeah. because that turned into quite a quite a quite a scene, I, I would say. Um, so maybe I don't know, Ilya, do you want to frame Bolt's event and then we can maybe chat about everyone we saw and whatnot? Yeah, so um, the event was based around the launch of the new store, which is in uh, Kingsland Road, um, Shoreditch. Um, I think it's the fourth um, iteration of uh, of the store. Um, the new space is quite different from um, the previous spaces. It's quite um, modern, industrial, brutalist kind of uh, design. Um, a lot more curated, um, a lot more cleaner and um, sparsely um, um, decorated, I would say, um, you know, there's everything has kind of has its own place, but still there's quite a nice um, selection of leather jacket, uh, you know, sweatshirts, shirts, um, uh, and some nice new pieces from our friends, uh, Mike and um, mm. Ed, um, AKA Dart. Um, so that was quite, quite, a, a, you know, um, in, tandem with the launch um, of the shop um, then the new gear was there as well which was uh, quite nice to see uh, right right in center there in the in the window display um, so and as Andrew normally does of Bolt um, he likes to throw a party um, and we had quite a bit of a overspill onto the street um, that evening, and yeah, there's quite quite a nice scene of, of different people who who made it out on the uh, on the evening um, from different parts of uh, of the scene. I think um, one of the great things about Bolt is that it brings uh, quite a diverse crowd um, to the store um, because I think you know Andrew's been around the scene and he's he's, he's um, influenced by quite a lot of different subcultures within it um, so it's not just like you know harley fans or vespa fans lambretta fans it's like it's quite a lot of that but it's also different kind of menswear uh, guys as well um so yeah i think that's hopefully that kind of paints a picture of uh of the scene yeah definitely and i think why i wanted to bring it up in the news was because uh it felt like a pretty awesome turnout in terms of like our local scene so uh, I guess in short, you know, obviously Ilya was there because he's describing it. Uh, I was there. Andy was there. Um, Lex Tom. was there. Tom was there. And then Kevin, who you all know, uh, has been in Australia for the past couple of years, has kind of made his way back to to Europe. Well, to Europe and the UK. <laughs> and uh, uh, was in London with his, uh, his partner. So, like, we got to kick it with Kevin in person for, I think, the first time in, like, four or five years. 
Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, Mike and Ed from the arts were there. Uh, Matt, Matt of Sierra and South. Yeah, Matt from Sierra and South. Uh, Texas Joe from the, the Texas Joe Barbecue and his partner were there. Um, Scott Fraser um, Simpson was there as well. I don't know either of them. What's, um, so was Tom there from United Overalls? He was yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned Tom, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Scott Fraser Simpson is a um, London-based uh, designer clothing brand. That's quite like a um, wide, his, his thing is like a very wide-legged um, trouser. That's kind of what he's known for, uh, but also like Italian knits um, and um, shirting as well. Kind of really cool pieces, kind of um, a lot of... Um, I would say music inspired, maybe like 50s, 60s. There's there's an influence of that, but um, you know, uh, a lot of the stuff is made in the uh, in the UK and and Italy. Um, so yeah, quite an important uh, person in, in the uh, in the London scene. Is that um, Scott Fra- ScottFraserCollection.com? Yes, yes, yeah, 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 cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's obviously a quite a, quite a lot of other individuals as well um, there. But no, it, it was nice. It was definitely nice to see Kevin in person after such a, a long time, um, and uh, get to you know kick it with him uh, in person. Yeah, and of course our our friend Sebastian as well. Um, yes. Um, we, can't forget uh, Seba, who um, used to live in London in 2018. He came to visit and stayed with me um, for um, about three nights. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was good to get him out um, into into the uh, into the crowd, into the mix of things as well. Yeah, it's kind of a perfect storm, which I thought was pretty cool. Where it's like anyone who's kind of in our our like we have like a WhatsApp group, which is sort of our organizing stuff in London chat and it felt kind of like anybody who could do came out and is is pretty cool it seems like that happens like once a year and it's always kind of like early summer Mm. so someone will have some event whether it's a clutch event or uh whatever and like as soon as it's warm out everyone's out and it's it's such a a cool vibe but it's it's just it's interesting how that kind of like always seems to be a summer thing when like everyone's sort of makes it out and, and definitely not the case in winter in london yeah people do like to come out for a drink in the uh, in the summer andy can we hear you i hope so can you yes. hear me yes we can uh, yeah my mic was playing up i think it's just that this connector's a bit a bit battered yeah um on my way back i had a bit of a, a rock and roll uh, journey home as well because my train was supposed to leave king's cross at midnight and uh i guess someone had gotten hit by a prior train so they had to close all trains leaving the north of london and like obviously i don't live in london anymore and so i had to like somehow find a way to get back home and end up splitting an uber with like two two complete strangers uh and our driver was driving up the highway at 90 miles an hour where the <laughs> the speed limit in the uk is 70 on the highways or motorways as they like to call them um and uh he kept kind of like rolling down the window briefly and like sticking his hand out, I guess to have the cold air kind of like perk him up and then put it back in. I, I think that's why he was doing it. I was kind of like 
intensively trying to gauge his level of uh, alertness, and I was I couldn't figure out if he was tired or not. So I was like, well, I guess he's okay. But um, yeah, I got home at like two in the morning, and uh, it, it, was, it was a bit rock and roll for like a Thursday evening. And I had a I had a big day the next day. I was supposed to go to CrossFit class and stuff, and so it kind of wrecked my Friday. But not not from a hangover, but rather from <laughs> tra transit insanity. <laughs> But um, anyways, any other news that we should cover or should we get into the discussion topic? I'm trying to think. Uh, Dayton have renamed themselves. Who? Dayton Boots. Big Canadian heritage, uh, uh, menswear or a kind of heritage boot manufacturer. So uh, a while ago during the, COVID, the pandemic, they got in uh, a bit of trouble. They were naughty, weren't they? Yeah, to do with the um, money that went towards. So there was like a the Canadian government gave some uh, money out to kind of help brands, um, uh, like firms during the, the pandemic. Um, and I'm trying to find their new name now. Um, basically, it turned out that they uh, weren't using the money as intended. I think they were meant. It was meant to go out to their staff and they were keeping the money or something like that. Let's see if we can find the... Uh, the I'm control. still on DaytonBoots.com. It looks like it's up to date so as far here, as I can yeah. tell. So here we go. Uh, they had, they got, they basically they got in trouble because they had violated um, an act by deducting wages um, off employees and paying them in non-Canadian currency, basically giving them some of their staff gift cards as part of their wage um and that was got them in a lot of trouble and they got fined a huge amount of money um and um yeah they have rebranded i think they might have been bought out and they've, they've been forced they've been forced yeah. to rebrand yeah so um, they are now called walford and company and i think that's because that was linked to kind of one of the older brands that they it was there it was the original founder of yeah. Dayton was called Charlie Wolford. Um, and um, that's the, the reason for why they've picked that name. But mm -hmm. they were forced to uh, to rebrand. Yeah. So, it's weird, I mean, though, because like, oh, yeah, I, I actually, I'm, I'm not entirely sure how much of a rebrand this is, because like I'm on their website and all of the identity is Dayton. If I scroll to the very, very bottom, I would it's imagine it's going to take a while for them mm -hmm. to be able to change everything. They've, they've probably got like a time frame that they have to get all this done. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. They're probably well, just. Um, I, I don't know, because like at the bottom in the footer, it does say Wolford and Co. But the rest they, of the website's branded Dayton. So I, I wonder if they've. They might have to change the domain at some point. They might have. It usually might, given. In that kind of in those kind of cases, you're given a grace period of how long you can, um, you know, change over. So mm -hmm. they're probably mm -hmm. now having to trade uh, under the new name, but they're still allowed to mm -hmm. use the old name until like a certain cutoff point. That's kind of what mm -hmm. usually happens. Um, so they've, 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 they've obviously got some kind of agreement that they can still use that until, you know, certain date. So, you know, so if they just cut off like, you know, the next day, then, you know, there would, there would be a lot of uh, business for, for the brand. So they've got like a bit of time to, to do that. Maybe, maybe jump in the, the gun a bit into our shoe conversation. They do a pretty rad engineer Western hybrid 
it's basically like a cowboy boot, but with none of the cowboy embellishments and like with the engineer buckle. They look pretty rad. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've posted it. Yeah, it's quite a bit of a yeah, like you say, a bit of a hybrid. The last is kind of crazy. It's like a really heavily turned last. Those definitely wouldn't fit my Roman feet, I don't think. Um but yeah, yeah, it looks pretty cool. I had never never heard of the brand before, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh oh, that seems like the, a, a bit of a broken record these days. It seems like there's a lot of shit I just haven't heard of. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't be hosting. <laughs> Someone else should take over. <laughs> oh, it's 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 always a lonely experience. It's okay, David. But um, yeah, um, I know uh, Fueled on Instagram um, has boots by them, um, as does Davis Vintage. I don't know if you follow either of them, David. But um, yeah, they both got boots by. David. I think I maybe follow the Fjord, but. Um... Yeah, these, I was I was talking offline. These days, my Instagram, like they've obviously like they're doing an experiment with their algorithm again. But it feels like half of my posts at the moment are suggested for you, you might like type content, which is just kind of like they fill your feed with stuff that's not from people you follow. It's just kind of like content well, they're I, trying to basically upsell you. But you can just I turn just that off, it, can't yeah. you? I mean, thirty off. days. I just turn that off for thirty days, and then I get the prompt to you know. It comes up oh. again. And I just I just turn it off. Oh, I so, didn't know that you could do that. Yeah. Yes. Oh, oh it, cool. It makes your experience, uh, you know, at least you you know you're following the, the you know the people that you want to follow rather than suggestive posts because a lot of the times, as you were saying, <laughs> you, you you were getting uh, little wiener dogs, weren't you? Yeah, man. I, like my whole my whole feed had turned into like Dachshund <laughs> Dachshund uh post and then I mean, I'll be totally now, now i get kettlebell aerobics instead yeah. which is I mean, uh, I, what I, i'm I'd expecting be, i'd be totally cool with feeds about dachshunds well i'm actually against the the concept of dachshunds honestly like i think it's a a problematic dog breed that shouldn't be bred because like it's like Black it's not good for their vertebrae and their spine and like was yeah, that i mean it's pretty Sorry much every Every yeah, breed breed now, man. pretty much all breeds, yeah. German yeah, true, true. German Shepherds. Yeah. Pugs and, and uh, yeah. French Bulldogs are, are the worst, man. Oh, man, yeah. they, they, they've got yeah. Yeah. So, so, much, so much health problems, yeah. It's I grew up with like a dream of owning a Boston Terrier. That was like my dream dog. And I, yeah, that was like shattered by the New York Times article saying like, no one should buy square face dogs anymore. I was like, no. Like the health, the healthiest dogs are mongrels, aren't they? I yeah, think. yeah, crossbreeds. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Or just, like if anyone wants to do dogs. A, yeah, if anyone just wants to do a simple search on that, just look at what a British bulldog looked in the beginning of the 20th century. Yeah. Like now. So th there was a reason they were called British. Uh, they were called bulldogs, mm. <laughs> and it's not for their looks now. Yeah, they were pretty. They were much bigger. Hmm. I haven't seen that. Have a look at that. Yeah. Yeah, it's I mad. My, I, I grew up with Airedales like, in my teenage years. And uh, my dad, I remember him showing me a photo um, from like when he was a kid, like back in like the, like my dad's, my dad's quite old. So it's like back in like the 40s. And it was an Airedale and you could tell that it was a completely different dog. And they, they, they're not, they still, they're not like a dog that gets health issues or anything like that. But 
the the kind of certain parts of their shape and their size were were different they were they were bigger back then they had a bit of a, a more sturdier snout and then now they were they're more leaner they're such a unique looking dog like i didn't know what they looked like until i googled them i'm like oh yeah those dogs those are those are such strange but cool looking dogs which ones airedales yeah my family's always been poodle people and now everything's like poodle this poodle that <laughs> poo poo cocker poo shitty poo <laughs> angry poo whatever i had one of them earlier <laughs> 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 on that note uh, i guess we can maybe uh get into our discussion topic yeah. uh, <laughs> uh change the subject um so yeah we thought it'd be fun just to have a, a discussion topic about shoes we like um very open-ended it's not focused on anything too particular it's just about shoes and why we like them and which shoes they are that we choose to like <laughs> top english <laughs> very good england <laughs> uh so maybe to kick it off let's start with a um do you break it down by seasons no i was thinking like favorite boot and favorite non-boot oh little round table and why mm-hmm. and you say boot does that mean not shoe uh <laughs> anything above ankle height so that, let's say that bit shoe yeah, yeah okay. I'll say any, anything above ankle height, like one, one shoe above ankle height and one below. Okay. What and about Chuck high top is, trainers? Uh, what? About high top trainers? Hey man, if you wanna, if that's if that's your jam, <laughs> I, I don't wanna, uh, I don't wanna yuck your yum. Thank you, pardon. <laughs> Some Reebok pumps. Um. So maybe I will kick it off with my favorite boot. Um, and then we'll I'll kind of pass the baton to someone else to say about their favorite boot. Um, I think I would go with the Viberg service boot as probably the, the best looking boot there is. And I would specifically go for, they used to have, I think, an older pattern that they used for their service boot that had a little bit more of an aggressive heel to it a little bit more of a, a, a lower slope toe box. And it just kind of looked a bit more mean and, and, and kind of angry looking, whereas their, their newer service boots, even though they're still on the 2030 last, if I understand correctly, they've modified the pattern. So the way they cut the leather, so it's a little bit different shape, a little bit longer toe, a little bit more kind of like timid of a look, whereas like the older service boots just look a little bit more rough and tough. Um, and then I would say, uh, ideally in like a black leather, like like murdered out, essentially. Um, ideally a shiny leather, but you know, black cordovan could be chromexal. Um, yeah, that's probably my favorite. And do you currently have a 2030 last Viberg which fits you well? Uh, I do actually. Um, I I now have some tens i bought us tens i'm 11 on the brannick um us 11 uh a couple months ago they're like a black suede with like a black wedge sole and they're pretty good um that said at my parents house i do have the same boots i used to own which were the club monaco uh goodyear welted uh black service boot chromexel 2030 
in a 10 and a half, which is the old pattern. So I'll know in 48 hours time whether those fit me or not, <laughs> but maybe, maybe not. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, and now I've got my, my boondockers, which I love, but I think I probably have to sell them. I think they're too small. Because yeah. I, I had the T30 last as well uh, in a nine, nine and a half, and I found them too, uh, too small for me, uh, which I sold as well. Um, but I never tried the T30 in a you know, half a size up uh, to see whether that would make, you know, make the difference. Um, yeah, so listening to that that episode of uh, Stitch Down where they had Rob Ryder, who's some kind of famous shoe, whatever dude, he yep. had a, a, a conversation which is like the seven mistakes people make when sizing shoes. And he's basically saying for a lot of lasts, like that would be one of them, or like the Alden Berry lasts. And he does like kind of like really long almond lasts. Ultimately, the ball of your foot should kind of almost be where the shoe yep. arch kind of ends. And like that whole almond silhouette at the end is mostly just for aesthetics. And like your yep. foot doesn't really even need to go anywhere near the end of it. So I would hypothesize that in a 2030 that was the right size for you, you'd probably actually have a lot of room in the front for that pointy bit yeah. and your yeah. toes will have ended a lot further back. So I, I'm guessing you're probably just a lot bigger size than a, a, a Viberg nine and a half. Yeah, definitely. I, I would have been, um, cause in the other last, I was fine. Yeah. Um, cause I've got like a nine and a half, um, I can't remember which last it is now on my, um, wax slash boots and they're fine. They're totally fine, but they've got more, the more room in the toe box and like, um vertical wise um whereas the t30 losses you know very you know really narrows down um yeah i can't remember if it's the 1040 1040 loss which is kind of more like a a munson based last yeah there's definitely a couple that kind of have that silhouette where it's a little bit more bulbous in the toe box so i think the key thing yep. for me about why those boots are so great i think I love the heel shape. Something about the heel shape on the on the on the service boots looks really great. Mm -hmm. And then also, yeah, that toe box that just kind of really slopes down to like a really slender, like yeah. top down, the kind of almondy shape doesn't necessarily it's, matter. Yeah. But the side profile, I think that's what it's, makes it. It's yeah, it's aesthetically very pleasing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're cool. Um, who'd like to jump in next with, with their favorite boot? I have probably two, and one is for aesthetics, and the other is for just all-round wearability. Um, so aesthetic-wise, um, out of the, and I'm only going to talk about boots that I own instead of anything outside because I have no experience with them with anything else. Um, aesthetically, it's probably the the Red Wing Huntsman's. Um, you know, they they've got that. Uh, they they're kind of a a, a more sleeker mock toe. Um, they've got that kind of really high shine um, leather that they're using. Um, I can't remember which leather it is. I don't remember looking. Um, That's probably their chaparral leather. If, if it looks like it's basically the Beckman uh, turned it's, into. It's the, it's the Klondike. Klondike. That's it. Yeah. Klondike. Ah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Klondike's a T-Core, right? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, and they, you know, um, it, it's 
it, it's one of those boots that kind of straddles both being relatively smart but also kind of maintaining that kind of um heritage edge and that kind of outdoorsy vibe um some would potentially you know say it's got that kind of ruggedy vibe to it um uh, yeah uh, you know just a beautiful boot to look at um and a beautiful boot to wear um but kind of when it comes to just wearing if, if i need a pair of boots that i know i'm going to be wearing for a long period of time during the day it's going to be my white mps which are which are a service boot um so i've got the mp shermans i think in uh waxed cinnamon flesh or cinnamon wax flesh uh man that archie's last is amazing just yeah these look great yeah right out of the box they were comfortable and yeah i can just wear them all day long um they, they definitely look like they've got a lot of that kind of viberg aesthetic to them almost like mm. you, you could easily mistake them for being made by viberg based on the shape yeah i think it's the same for a lot of service boots isn't it a lot that go for so yeah. similar similar yeah, yeah. sleekness like truman is a, another example i know truman there was, the, there was a controversy of them well, being formed by a truman are a lot, member. yeah truman oh, are a lot newer whereas yeah. whites is you know is, is an old heritage brand yeah but yeah both both would have you know had these patterns uh made up a long time ago um so yeah it's quite quite a common uh a boot yeah um and yeah they're, they're just a uh something you yeah i said if i if i want to wear a pair of boots and i need to wear them for a long period of time those are going to be the pair i put on and they're, they're definitely the pair i wear the most it's interesting you say that because I, I remember I, I at one point picked up a pair of white semi-dress at a place in austin that used to do denim but no longer exists and i remember when i picked them up i was like holy shit i've never seen a more hardcore boot make mm -hmm. in my entire life i was just like and i'd already owned like you know red wings and various other like high-end boots at that point but i was like these are literally like twice the shoe of any other shoe um it, yeah it, it's it's that pacific northwest thing isn't it and i know that, that there are some people who are kind of super hardcore pacific northwest only uh, and then there are other people that kind of see that as you know it's it's not their thing the the what are that that whole kind of scene the boots are they're built to effectively you feel like they're built to be bomb proof you know their finishing might not be a hundred percent it's not going to be kind of at the same level as viberg or you know some of the um you know some of the more high-end like super high-end brands like uh you know flame panda or um what's the one um is it is it red cloud show gato yeah white, white cloud white, white cloud that's one yeah um white you know that you know where their their finishing is absolutely immaculate but they are you know made by hand um whereas these are made in factory because they are they churn out a lot of boots not just in their kind of uh, this kind of scene but they also make high quality work boots for people you know that actually work out in the field that are made to a similar standard you know they, they make lots of um linesman boots and boots used by um like those para firemen you know the the smoke jumper boots and stuff smoke like jumpers, that you know? yeah. yeah they make they, they and and they've made sure that that kind of standard of 
that durability has come across into their kind of more, uh, you could say, civilian range of footwear. And, and is White's the oldest of all of those PNW makers? I know there's like Nick's and Bob's and Ralph's and Larry's uh, and all these other kind Wesco of like... and Dana and there's Frank's as well. Frank's is the or, newest, I think. Or to say to say it in a different way, all all these new PNW bootmakers, did they all do they all trace back to White's kind of as being the OG they all things, work yeah. for? I think a lot of the you know the workers that used to work for Whites have gone off and uh, you know started their own brands like I think like Nick's and Frank's. <laughs> I think uh, like I, I don't know if one of them actually used to work for Nick's and then started his own. I brand. think that's Frank's. Frank's, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think, I think <laughs> so. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See um, the problem we have here. <laughs> yeah, but I don't. I I can't say for certain off the top of my head if Whites is the oldest, but it's definitely one of them yeah yeah i think you know if you're gonna talk about old brands yeah it's like red wing wesco um you know and 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 viberg are not that old i think they're what 1936 yeah i think yeah um whereas i think the like whites are even older than that Mm -hmm. um same same with Red, red wing um but yeah they're definitely one of the uh original yeah, I think one of these days I'm going to have to get a pair of semi-dress. I, I, every time I see them, I'm like, oh, those are so cool. Yeah. Well, don't Clutch do... Oh, no, they they did do an MTO, didn't they, with them a while Clutch, back? Clutch still do. You can still order MTOs mm-hmm. via them and East West Apparel. Yeah, I was going to say East West. Um, always have stuff in. Stock them, and you can, I'm sure you can contact Jamie and, um, you know... Because I keep looking at the smoke jumpers. Yeah. Mm. But I've got enough boots at the moment, so I don't need them. Uh, what about you, Ricardo? What's your choice? Uh, the past maybe six months, I've only been using two pair of boots, uh, exclusively, funny enough. Um, and those two would be uh, the John Lofgren Donkey Punchers, mm-hmm. Rough Out, and the Sandman Porthouse, which... I really like, and those are the ones that I've been using more often, um, pretty much for daily use. Um, I, I just, I really like that boot. It's really simple. It has a bit of a of a heritage feel to them. They're super subtle, like the the the, um, the leather is super subtle. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> yeah, there, yeah, there was no break-in needed. They just fit in straight away, and I just like how simple the boot is. Like it has a little um, the woodsman heel on it. Yeah, they just look simple and and classic. I like them. I like them a lot. And and they're both, uh, Ricardo. They're both uh, logger boots. Um, I'm not sure you could say the courthouse ones are logger boots. Like they're they're kind of like a semi uh, the semi dress whites. They share some. Some similarities. You guys jump on on uh, on your website, sandmancraft.be. Okay, just uh, looking from now. Yeah. So it's the it's the courthouse ones. Up. Oh, to be honest, I've just gone and get the boot. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they're the black ones. I might actually. I'm tempted to get the whiskey ones as well. 
because they're just like super easy to wear for like your everyday use. Uh, they're comfortable. Okay. Yeah. You're looking at them now. So, I will say those yeah, loftgrins look, look like their patina potential is amazing. Oh, mate, you're, yeah. I am jealous uh, of those loftgrins of yours. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're already kicking in pretty nicely. Yeah, yeah, The patina on them is really, really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, when it comes to comfort, I've never put a, a more comfortable foot, uh, boot on my foot. That's, like, for... I know they're a very expensive pair of boots, but um, I, I guess there's a reason for that, and comfort definitely plays into mm. it. Um, yeah, but for everyday use, pretty much, it's been the, the Sandman Courthouse. And that's funny, because every time I see uh, people uh, advertising Sandman or even, you know, just tagging them and stuff, it's never for that boot. I feel like there's not many people buying this boot specifically. And I, I feel like it's the best boot that they have in their lineup. And they have quite a few. Yeah, I'm on their website now. I quite like their Quartermasters. It's the Swiss, the ones with the Swiss uh, salt and pepper, pepper canvas upper. Yeah. yeah. That is a very nice boot. How do you spell the, the brand name? Sorry, it's with two N's at the end, uh, David. So it's Sandman. Like, ah, the comic okay. book, like the com comic book character but just with two ends sandman with the extra end okay got it yes sorry i should have mentioned that yeah they got some cool stuff yeah the sky master is pretty crazy like all the uh -huh. I, wow this sky whole like mixed see, leather like, thing the appeal. Mm. yeah yeah huh. So I can, I can see the appeal when it, to that because they have a lot of mixed things going on. But to be honest, when I saw these, I was like, the simple, like the simplest, the most simple boot that they have is just, I don't know, I think it works best for me. Um, but yeah, they, they, I have no complaints there. I think they're made in Spain. Um yeah, they're built in Spain, but they're a German brand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't normally do lace to toe styles, but I, I like the Globe Master in black, mm -hmm. all black one. That's pretty cool. It's like basically oh, the like. The black one. <laughs> yeah. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I almost like. <laughs> Only it had a neon sole. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I, I was to the point where like yeah, I pretty much that. scroll past tan and brown. I'll I'll pause on tan boots. But like when I'm shopping, I don't even look at brown boots anymore because I know if I look at them and I'm like, oh, these are kind of cool. I'll buy them. I'll wear them like one or two times and I'll end up selling them. Like I just have kind of given up on trying to make myself appreciate brown shoes. I, I just don't bother anymore. I've embraced the darkness. Yep. I'm kind of on the same boat, to be honest, when it, when it comes to uh, choosing things now i'm stopping at everything black for some reason um but yeah these are the sign of the times uh, we're all doomed well <laughs> apparently apparently now. i was in a uh, knitwear factory um and we were looking at colors and things like that and um i asked like what why why you know i think i've i've, I've asked this before and there's like why is black the you know 
popular color at the moment and why is everybody using it and it's like mm -hmm. yeah it's it is a lot a lot if you look there's a lot of brands using like whether it's knitwear whether it's jeans whether it's shirting there's a lot of uh black stuff that's coming out right now um and it was like yeah any any time there's economic uh downturn you, you get black coming back into 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 fashion um it's kind of like i guess like a sign of austerity and uh, you know um that kind of thing so yeah it's qu it's quite interesting how that goes hand in hand um with uh with fashion and with with style but how does that argument hold up with like Paris or New York where like people just kind of always wear black <laughs> all the time? Yeah, I mean, there's there's obviously there's patterns within patterns with those kind of things. But, uh, you know, this, this guy has been making um, knitwear for like, um, you know, 25 years and his, his parents used to, you know, do stuff beforehand. And it's like if you look at the sales of the type of yarn which they're using it's like you can marry it up to when there's like an economic crisis um so and you know this is just anecdotal from a knitwear point of view but so um but yeah uh, apparently yeah and it's, it's quite interesting like over the last few years in the heritage scene you, you're getting a lot of um brands making like boss you know boss rickson's just did a you know uh black black chinos obviously they've been expanding their william gibson stuff but they've dropped uh you know black chino um other brands have dropped you know uh, specifically black um summer shirts wrong on this oh sorry sorry Elliot. i was just saying like a summer shirt and it's like in black and the summer shirt in black is not really your normal go-to kind of kind of thing, but like you're seeing that, and it's just like there's a, there's a lot of things like that happening. Um, so yeah, oh, go go ahead, Ricardo. No, sorry, sorry to interrupt. I was just gonna say like uh, maybe it's it's just my thing. It's a theory of sorts, but uh, if if anyone's like me, I think it's. I, I personally feel it's a bit more of um, I don't know, just probably like a sensory overload with everything on Instagram and a lot of, you know, a lot of people wearing a lot of stuff and this and that. And then all of a sudden I realized like I just revert to what's to what always worked and black is you know, black on black or anything pretty much with black on the work. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I feel like my color palette has gone down a bit because of that. Yeah, I found that like as I've kind of sold stuff and bought stuff over the past couple of years, the percentage of my wardrobe that's either indigo or black has almost achieved like ninety percent of any of my clothing is one of those two colors, and like anything else that's a different color just kind of ends up getting sold off. Um. Oh, actually. I want to cover this in the podcast. Um, so, so this is a very, very slight uh, divergence, but um, I've got a colleague who's a super cool dude I work with, and he's got a very particular style, very preppy, kind of like an Ivy League almost look. But I don't, I don't know if it's intentional or not. But his outfits are always head to toe based around one pastel. So like one day he'll wear like an entirely pale blue outfit where everything is pale blue in some way, or like one day he'll wear an entirely pink and purple head to toe outfit. 
or like one day an so entirely monochrome almost i mean like the garments won't all be the same shade or anything but it'll be like i don't know let's see i've got oh, like different shades yeah but but all all with all tied to one color like either it's orange day it's pink magenta day or it's like blue day and i was i was thinking about, i was like i was like man my colleague he's got such a weird style why does he dress like that and then <laughs> i had a, i had a kind of a pause and a laugh and i'm like oh this is what people must think when they see denim heads and we're wearing like blue from head to toe or like <laughs> blue from you know, like indigo from head to toe i'm like oh right people make those comments about us when we're not looking because it's like we're wearing these like weird unisuits of like denim or whatever <laughs> it just kind of it, it kind of uh uh yeah it just stuck in my mind i thought it was, it was funny but uh anyways Ilya, do you want to jump in with a, a favorite boot um yeah i think you, you guys actually just posted it in the uh, in the chat and um um although it's not the uh, the black shinky variety um i would say my lofgren m43s has probably become my my favorite boot which kind of goes to what you're saying with a with a service boot uh, which i think is quite a common theme here um i find it's just a, a very versatile um style of boot um i'm also a big fan of rough out um so the two um mesh together i think uh works really nicely across so many different styles um yeah um uh, although the 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 shape of the lofgren m43 service, service boots is not as sleek or as aggressive as the Weiberg. for me it's a more comfortable uh boot to wear um and ultimately that kind of for me is the the most important factor um in, in a boot yeah it has to be aesthetically pleasing but it's also got to be comfortable to wear all day um because I, I i love i love to walk a lot you know on the weekends i'm easily hitting 12k a day and i like to wear these kind of boots with it so um yeah this that's probably my kind of overall uh top boot i think i'm in in not that far away the the donkey punches would be um you know quite close as well because they are also a very comfortable boot um a little bit maybe not aesthetically pleasing as a as a service boot because it's a little bit more chunky a little bit more you know they've got a little bit more more heft to them um but i love i love them for that fact um, um and it's just whether i'm walking with them on the bike they just uh, serve their their purpose for what they are um i'd actually challenge your perspective ever so slightly and say that actually i do think the service boot is pretty sleek looking from lofgren it is um, it is but I, I just don't think it's as sleek as a 2030 for example I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, they're different animals and they have a different aesthetic, but there's something about the also the black, the black version, the black version is looks a lot sleeker than, uh, you know, than than other other ones do. Yeah. I think the black ones, you know, lend themselves to looking sleeker. 
Yeah, it's yeah, that's true. But like, I think there's something about the kind of like the angles in that boot. Oh, like, definitely. It's still really it's, beautiful it's still, lines. It's still got beautiful lines. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not it, you know it's not a uh, Iron Ranger where it's like you know got a big um, <laughs> toe or anything like that. Um, but I, I still think like a, you know a Viberg might be you know considered you know a nicer look. Uh, but for me, it's, you know, the M43s are just the, a, a great mix of being comfortable and uh, looking great. Yeah, they're super cool. Uh, all right, so should we do a second round about uh, not boots? This could be anything ankle height or lower. It doesn't necessarily have to be. Or higher? No, or, or lower. <laughs> okay. Uh, so ankle, did I say or higher? No, I, I said or higher. Oh, you just challenged me. Okay. <laughs> no, no, it must be or lower. Uh, okay. Uh, so, ah, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. David's just going to talk about those weird technical hiking sandals. No, no, I, I won't do a bedrock plug. Whoops. Uh, no, uh, what I was actually going to, I was kind of torn because I love hand-sewn moccasins, and I love uh, particularly my quotey hand-sewn moccasins, which are like, they call them a bluker, but anyway, it's just like a low um, shoe. I'm actually going to kind of improv a bit and change my opinion and say that actually I think it might be uh, a Yucatan hand-sewn mock that I pick instead. Uh, and particularly, I think they call it their full hand-sewn chukka which it sits like right at the angle. So it's like chuckas are historically boots that are cut off basically. Um, and uh, I think it's Yucatan main guide chucka. And um, I was about to hold off on picking that because chuckas are a bit shit in terms of like how well they hug your feet because they've only got like two lace holes. But I find myself wearing them all the freaking time and I love the way they look. I like the fact they look cool in shorts and hot weather, which I'll be bringing them to Austin, I think. I like that you can wear them with jeans. They're like very versatile. So I might, I might go as far as to say, Yucatan's uh, quote unquote, all hand-sewn made guide, main guide chukka with 2060 sole in the flesh out black, which is um, like the, the murdered out version. That might be my favorite low top shoe. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with that. Cool. Um, for me, well, I'm going to be honest. I, when it comes to non-low top footwear, I'm not a huge fan of wearing shoes. I always prefer wearing a boot just because I like that kind of ankle security, the way it kind of hugs your ankle. Um, so I'm not really going to talk about shoes i mean for me it'd be a pair of lokes that i wear to the office um so it's 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 kind of trainers or sneakers for me and uh i was thinking about it i was like what what do i have i've only got a couple of pairs of uh kind of casual trainers you know i've got my my colchesters and my us rubber coats that i wear quite a lot and they've got kind of that old school uh original plimsoll 
look to them. They're you know the Colchester's are based on one of the earliest um, trainers around, you know, kind of basketball shoes around. And and I love wearing them with you know jeans and and shorts and stuff like that. But actually, what's the pair of trainers that I go back to the most? Uh, you know, when I need to do stuff, and it's actually it's my New Balance one uh, sixties. Uh, so 1600s because uh, 160 would mean if based on their pricing they cost um, 16 dollars um, but yeah um, it's the, the 1600s they're um, they again like new balance when it comes to comfort like just not always knock it out of the park uh, no that's the 580s David <laughs> <laughs> I, will, uh, I will I will pop a link on um, yeah so I've got this pair they're very 19 kind of 1970s 1980s colorway very kind of like that athletic vibe so it's very like lots of whites and blues um and yeah i can just put them on wear them all day long and i know i'm not going to be uncomfortable and they um they actually look pretty good with my samurais as well which surprised me um i don't think they look very good with my tcbs because that's quite a wider leg but with um something that's not too tapered and not too wide they just kind of they just they're just in that perfect little zone where they just sit right um so for kind of like the streetwear people um it, they, they you know they're kind of a great pair and obviously new balance have a massive following within the whole the streetwear scene um you know with all their like mad collaborations with rappers and whatnot um and yeah, it's a new balance as well. When you look into their history, it's a cool little brand as well. You know, they've got the, they seem to have both, uh, they've got a history in both the UK and in America. Um, you know, they've got this like, they've got their, they're kind of, they're made in US and they're made in UK stuff is always kind of really, really high, really good quality. Uh, you know, you can go up if you, you're ever kind of up in the northwest of England, you can go to the factory in uh, Flimby in Cumbria and go around and, and kind of get a pair. Um, I'm trying to find a photo of the ones I've got, but uh, yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're my favorite non-boot. Again, I've never been a, uh, I've never been a New Balance fan historically, at least not since maybe like high school or something, but uh, yes. Uh, I've fallen in love with this uh, range they've come out with, which is basically like a bunch of modern trainers that are basically going back to like 70s kind of science, science fiction sort of futuristic aesthetics and kind of like updating those to have kind of like a modern retro vibe. So like the XC72, which I dropped a link in for there, it's kind of mm. like an exaggerated track runner or the like, what's it like the X, the 380 or something like that. They've got a few which are all kind of like 70s inspired. Um, one of them is wearing them all the time. But anyways, a bunch of these new balances that are kind of like 70s retro science fiction looking shoes. I think that, that's pretty cool. They've done that. Uh, 327, that's the one. The 327 has become kind of a, a, a cult uh, sneaker recently. Yeah, well, I mean, New Balance is just having a, a moment you know, for quite some time, really. And, right. um, Sorry, just jumping in. I apologize. I got completely the wrong model. It's not the 1600. <laughs> it's the 670. 
I yeah, when I, was, when I Googled 1600, I couldn't find them. I'm like, why can't I find these shoes? Here we go. I will show you. Uh, I'll ping an image. Um, yeah. The, oh, fucking. Here we go. Um, yeah, so there is a 1600, but they're not my thing. Um, I did have a pair of 1300s that were really cool. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I've got these 670s. Yeah, as you can see there, they've got that kind of like 70s, 80s track vibe going on. Well, I was saying while you had stepped away, they've done a whole range now, which are basically like 70s futurism, I'll call it. Mm -hmm. Like the two I linked down there, which is basically like they took 70s designs that were like actually like track and field shoes and kind of like applied a bunch of like retro futurism looks to them and have done these kind of really cool science fiction-y I have trainers. to say with a lot of their new stuff, I really hate the fact that the sole grip goes up the back of the heel. I love it. <laughs> the I, hate, no, I just, I just don't, get, I don't, I don't get it. It's just, it's just, a, it's just, it just looks cool. <laughs> 327s. I, do, I, I can mate. see how they're Marmite though. I, I can see. Yeah, that. yeah you see a lot, a lot of people wearing the newer uh, releases like in the street. They a lot of them all have that kind of bit at the back. It's it's not for me. I'm a but, fan. Uh, <laughs> you do you, mate. You do you. Don't yuck my yum. <laughs> Horrible I, phrase. I, I, I know. I have, Where did that shit come I, from? <laughs> don't know. Uh, I have their Hyro uh, V5s, mm. um, but I use them pretty much as uh, running shoes or trail running shoes, mm -hmm. um, or just sometimes just walking around, you know, um, school pickups or things like that. Um, and I find them really comfortable and great to run in. Um, so, like from a functional point of view, um, I used to run in Pegasus, mm -hmm. Nike. Um, and then they stopped making the version which I loved. They kind of all gone for a very like soft toe these days. Nike, Nike have, uh, and I, I don't. I like having some kind of protection over my toe. I don't like when my toe is like you know pushing on that. Mm -hmm. um, so I was looking for an alternative, and uh, the the Hyrie Five kind of filled that. Um, and I've got like a really nice ride, really nice bounce and, and support. Um, so I've, I've kind of converted over to uh, to those. Um, but it's yeah, I'm not. Go on, David. Sorry. I'll say it's interesting because I was, I was doing a Google on them because I, I wasn't familiar with them. But like every other website I scroll past, one, they spell it Hero, H-I-E-R-R-O. Another website, it's H-E-I-R-R-O. So it's like it seems like people aren't consistent with like how you spell that particular style. Well, I think it's Hyro. I think it's H I E R R O. Okay, then we must see just one or two. Like ASOS has it wrong. But anyways, yeah, unless I unless I have it wrong, but um, yeah, I I thought they were Hyros. Um, I think the consensus looks to be that yeah, you've you've got it right. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> um, yeah, I I I find them really really comfortable all all round. Um, but yeah, over, overall, I'm not the biggest sneaker fan. I have a couple, um, and I've had you know some over the years, but it's not something I um, gravitate towards too much. I do, I do like a, you know, a, a chucker inspired uh, trainer. I've, I've had a, I have a pair of Lofgren uh, high tops. I've, 
got some uh, shoes like pottery, which are made in the same factory. Um, and I would like a uh, kind of a, a deck shoe um, trainer style, um, which a, a number of uh, brands, including um, shoes like pottery, I think do make. Uh, one that's caught my eye recently is uh, Doek, D-O-E-K. Um, those look really nice. I think there's like an indigo pair, and they, they also do like whites, green, reds, and um, I think there might be even a, a black version. Okay, so, yeah. Yeah. Kind so, of got like a Sperry vibe to them. Exactly, there, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, and, and what I think the difference with those is they've got like a cork, um, um, in a sole. Mm-hmm. So it should, you know, kind of mold to your foot over time, and should be quite comfortable. So that's that's one I'd like to try in the in the future when my uh, my current shoes like pottery ones uh, give out. Um, but if I were to choose my kind of shoes again, I'm like like Andy, I don't wear them too often. Uh, my current one, which I, I really like, is probably my another Lofgren um, USN low quarter shoes, which is basically a, a Derby uh, shoe. Um, and I quite like them because they, you can dress them up, you can dress them down. Um, they, these particular ones are f- uh, French calfskin um, and they have them in black or um, russet brown, uh, which is the ones I have. Um, probably not too, f- similar to what I had before with the Red Wing uh, Postman's, uh, but a different sole um, and slightly different uh, shape. Um, so they've been kind of my uh, my go-to for uh, shoe, shoe-wise. Yeah, those look super clean. They look like you can mm. kind of wear them with anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're verse, very versatile, very, you know, very easy to get on with. Um, so, yeah probably be my does anyone have uh, a wild card shoe they want to throw in of any shape or fashion boot shoe uh fishing trousers i mean i, I don't know any, any just kind of like random out there well wild it's, it's card. It, it might not be random it might not be wild for other people but for me which something i thought i wouldn't wear it'd probably be a loafer which i'm kind of hated in the past and something I once I tried I thought okay actually I can get on with this and I actually quite like and I've I took them with me to Italy and uh, I could actually see how versatile and how easy to wear both to the beach and just you know change it around uh, I'm so disappointed in you I know I know Andy <laughs> I know I, I'm, 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 I'm quite disappointed in myself but uh yeah I can't I can't uh <laughs> I can't uh you know lie to myself it's like once I've tried it it's like oh it's okay uh, I, I I see I see why people um enjoy wearing them and um yeah I, I guess I'm getting old mate did, did Rick, sorry did Ricky team. mention his favorite non no, not not yet. No. Not no. Uh, oh shoot! I'm sorry. No. No. Oh, David. Um, I was gonna say no. It's fine. Uh, I was just looking over there, and I don't have anything below the ankle, with the exception for one pair of sneakers that I think Ilya also shares with me, which was that collab between Bodega and End Clothing with yeah. Adidas. Yes. They're based on the Haven model, I think. 
Um, it, it's the Iniri. In, in in oh, okay. They're quite similar. Um, yeah, and they have like three denim stripes on them. Well, I cool. think it's denim. Um, Probably like a 70s or 60s looking runner. In the key, let me let me uh, I'll, I'll I'll post the link. They have like a, a beige. Uh, it's got the moccasin stitch around the heel. Maybe it's a different one. This is Adidas Consortium X End X Bodega Boro Pack. Like Boro. Oh, uh, yeah, it is. It is kind of like that, uh, but it's not quite the one. I'll I'll, I'll post the one. That it's kind of similar to. Oh yeah, those are cool. Uh, but the ones that we have are um, kind of suede. Yeah. They're like still, a... yeah, I can still see them. Yeah, I have them here. Yeah, at least the ones I'm looking at in most of these Google the pictures have the moccasin uh, cinch around the back. I think it's called like the lip stitch or something where it's like, they cut the fabric and they kind of pull it tight and do like a stitch around the back rear to kind of pull in some of the extra fa uh, fabric or leather. At least the ones okay. I'm looking at have that. I found, I found I found the link which has them on it. That's it. Yeah, see that it's, stitch it's around the back. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you if you go to that patchwork, I do that's Iniki Iniki. Sorry, um, it's the yeah. uh, the beige ones. Yeah. Yeah, those are These cool. Are the yeah, they're they're super comfortable as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, I have those are uh, below the ankle, and then the other only uh, sneakers I own are these uh, uh, old school um, Converse, Converse, which are quite faded now. But you know, these are ankle height, like five inch, I think. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't own anything below that. Um, the ankle but uh like Ilya, i i i get the loafer thing i just i just can't stand the loafer with a tassel on it that's like <laughs> gotta go beef beef roll loafers the tassel on the loafer just throws me overboard and there's another thing that's even worse than the tassel it's wearing white socks uh Michael that Jackson. I can't do, man. I can't yeah. do the white uh, socks and loafer, man. Thing is, whenever I see loafers, um, like... loafers with tassels make me think of young guys who work in the city. Mm -hmm. That or yeah. uh, so so for uh, for for kind of our, our non UK viewers, the city is um, so like the the kind of the the financial sector of London. Yuppies, Bankers. yeah. So the, the the lads are either like kind of lads in insurance or um, in in banking are wear, either wearing like loafers or the other one I've seen wearing is a uh, double monk straps. Which I'm monk, oh, never yeah. a monk. fan of. No, definitely, yeah. definitely no to a monk strap. Yeah, you see him wearing really? that, and then yeah. no, oh, no, no. Really? I can't, I can't, I can't get, I can't uh, like double, you know, double contradict <laughs> myself. <laughs> you got to you got to go beat troll. <laughs> yeah. Uh but I, yeah, I I blame um you know our, our friend uh, Will at Black or Slane for getting me into loafers. He she he kind of uh, influenced me and uh, I think being around uh hanging around with him too long. Oh, uh, it's that Ivy heritage, man. 
penny loafers like the driving shoe ones suck as well oh the driving the driving shoe kind of thing yeah such a thing and i just remember so many lads so many yeah. like junior officers in the army wearing yes. them and, I didn't, yeah. and it just that with with kind of stupidly colored with a big nose with a big grip with a big like yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And, and like yeah. and like fucking salmon colored <laughs> chinos or whatever acid green just to be different and you're like Americans it. is basically uh, when frat daddies uh, graduate from college. Yeah, they look like the day job. Yeah, you might as well all be called Chad and wear like twelve polo shirts with the po- with the collars popped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll definitely say um, beef roll penny loafers. I think are pretty dope because you get the loafer aesthetic, but the beef roll, which is kind of the flat piece of leather that kind of rolls on the sides, is very uh, subdued. And I think it's the the nicest version of. Can you, uh, can you post the link? Of I'm, what I'm, you, I'm googling this now. Oh, yeah, am I going to get very upset? I, I mean, I, I can actually grab my pair, but if you grab, uh, look up Trickers uh, James. That's the ones I actually I'll just grab. Okay. No. Oh, yeah. Are they neon? They like the old. <laughs> Are they neon? Okay. Yeah. See what you mean. Yeah. So these guys, it's like that's that's a beef roll. It's like you get the. Okay. Uh, like that's the role, so to speak, and it's just like really uh, plain loafer. I mean, I still hate them, but uh... <laughs> oh, they're great, man. They're, they're trickers, so they're like tough as nails, which is which is cool. Um, but these things are great, which like shorts or like with the chino cuffed. Um, yeah. yeah, I think the the thing with the loafer for me is what you have on your foot, like soft ones. I don't. I for some reason I, I just see a, uh, a loafer with with shorts and no socks. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Got to go no show socks. They don't smell horrible. <laughs> socks. Yeah, couldn't do that. Which is just the base. But I feel I feel that those are are a bit uncomfortable. Though. They kind of slip under your, your heel temple. Well, this this is the challenge with any shoe, right? Because like, in theory, you want to be able to like at least put like a finger between the end of your foot and the heel of the shoe. So therefore, you necessarily have to buy them a bit big, and or, or not snug, and they slide a bit. But then as you yeah. your as your foot settles into the court and leather footbed, they kind of begin to stick in place. So like, mm-hmm. when I first started wearing these guys, I couldn't wear them for very long before they start rubbing. But then already my feet have kind of like started to imprint where they sit in the shoe and also the shoe the you know the bottom begins to bend from where and it kind of begins to stay in place it's it, it kind of depends also like on the last on how the heel um cups uh your foot um i got lucky with the pair i've got because they're just like they're comfortable enough that they don't there is like a slight heel slip but i think they're kind of like diagonally made on the back so when your heel does go up this bit kind of pushes it back down yeah and that's kind of what you're looking for but i think for the loafers you don't normally you, you don't want to size obviously to size up too much because then they're just going to come off completely so it's like finding that it's kind of like in a way with engineer boots you don't want you don't want something that's gonna you know slip inside 
too much either, but also you want something that's going to, you know, cup your heel um, at the back. But also, with, I, I guess the, the difference with an engineer boot, you, the vamp is going to hold down, you know, your your foot in place, which is why a lot of people have trouble slipping their foot inside a engineer boot if they've got like a high instep or something like that. But ultimately, it helps to keep your foot in place as well. Yeah, good good loafer. In theory, the vamp should help as well. Yes. Just like yeah. the heel. Yeah. But yeah, but size, it's not, size it's not as it doesn't go up as you know as high, obviously. Yeah. Um, so. Andy, Andy's feeling right now how I feel when you guys talk about uh, Warhammer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also thinking that I've got to get up at half five tomorrow. So loafer hammer, <sighs> loafer hammer, savages the lot of you. In the four forty first millennium, there's only loafers and pink chinos. <sighs> Are you in the office tomorrow, Andy? I am indeed, mate. Yeah. Uh, okay. So should we uh, should we wrap it up shortly then? I guess. Yeah, or I mean, it's yeah, it's eleven o'clock, isn't it? Hot damn. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Any, uh, any other points Ooh, that you want to cover, uh, um, David? Uh, ma maybe one for another conversation. But I was thinking we should we should at some point address the Birkenstock Boston topic. But maybe that's one perfect, for another. Uh... Perfect home shoe and beach shoe. Ah, oh, beach shoe. That's a good idea. Until the it's sand the... gets in the heel. It doesn't. It's, okay. it's it's you just like tip it over yeah it's the it's the ultimate like easy shoe to take to the beach and and they're like easy to wash like rinse it out you walk you know mm. easy they're, they're they're ugly they're not they're not you know aesthetically pleasing at all but they're <laughs> com they're comfortable as hell and they're great around the house and just in the garden and stuff like that yeah, I remember reading something recently saying they like shoe of the year or something like that, or shoe of the pandemic is you know the Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I've I've had mine since 2018. They're like, they, you know, I've I, I have them in the house. They like the leather's tough enough that you, you know you can scrape it, do whatever to it. It it just like stands up uh, to like wear and tear. Yeah, it's. Does its, it does its job. Yes. It's slip, slippers for millennials. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I guess uh, I guess we can call it unless uh, folks want to cover anything else. Um, on that note, uh, rate and review us wherever you follow our content. Um, give us a shout on Instagram, although you probably already follow us, I would assume and uh hit us up with any questions you want us to cover in a future episode yeah please ping them across whenever they they pop into your head we will save them uh and and, and answer them i know we for a lot of episodes we'll, we'll kind of put an announcement a day or two beforehand on our instagram um you know and we will put it on our own personal ones but uh, please if you do have a question just just chuck it our way uh, I want to answer. Also, if you want, jump on our Discord. Mm. It's a bit quiet. We don't use it as much as we should, but it is there, and we will answer stuff, and we will chat on there. Um, and yeah, we'll probably try and make an effort to be a bit more active on there, so it actually becomes you know a mini community as people join it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think the key thing is 
the more folks we can get to jump in, the more likely mm-hmm. we'll get critical mass and it like will become a big thing. I know a few other podcasts I follow have like built pretty big Discord communities and uh, yeah. would love would love to have that for the the denim heads. Mm-hmm. Um so so hit us up. Mm-hmm.